Welcome back to Be More Super, the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we're joined by an awesome guest from one of my favorite shows. Well, it's it's doing so well on Netflix at the moment. It is crazy. It's, of course, Warrior Nun, and we've got one of the best characters from the show. It's William Miller. William, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Brian. Pleasure and- to be here. And I've got to say, I've got to say, first off, congratulations on a season two. Uh, I've got um, a little slide I'm just just going to put up here because it is done so well. Um, there we go. So yeah. <laughs> Warrior Nun has literally had the highest audience scores ever in the history of Netflix. Rotten Tomatoes, 100% critics, 99% uh, audience um, this surely has got to deserve a season three. But how how amazing is that to have this amount of success from season two already? Well, I think it's it's a combination. I mean, um, first of all, I think you know we, we have to acknowledge the the fans because um, rarely have have I been on anything that's had such an overwhelming response from the people that watch the show. The fans have been incredible. Um, they're so devoted and dedicated to the show um, that it's been it's been humbling, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then we've also had, even though they are few and far between, uh, we've we've had some professional uh, critics right on the show, and uh, I think that it, it's such a mad show. It's such a it's such a thing that when it came out, everyone was like, "Well, does Netflix really do anything?" And then they watched it and they were like, "Well, actually, this is this is a lot of fun." Mm. And um, even though it's uh, YA, it's young adult. I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on this show that appeals to a very wide audience than we than we could originally think. You know, there's philosophy, there's love, there's uh, there's love on on many levels. Mm. Um, and and there's action and it's all done beautifully. That's why I said I, I first think we should acknowledge the fans because I think that's who we make the show for, and who have have, have brought it uh, as far along as it is. But um, there's also the dedication and hard work of everybody, both in front and behind the camera. I've, I've lived and worked in Spain for years and years, and it was it was only by coincidence that. That I was here when they when they called me because uh, Simon brought me on because uh, Charmaine, who had worked with me on the hundred as the writer, uh, was working on Warrior Nun. Now she's working on House of Dragon. She said, "Listen, I just worked with this guy, and I think he'd be he'd be good for the villain we're looking for." And Simon and I just clicked, and he just knows how to choose the people. Mm. And Spain, he was he he knew how to choose the right people here too. I've 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 lived in Spain for a very long time. It was only as I said a coincidence that I was here. Um, but we 
we got the best of, of both worlds. Like Europe, I think Spain is a, is a huge country when it comes to making fiction. Um, we got extremely good professionals, both in front and behind the camera. And Simon picked the best of them. And uh, I think it's an, what, what you see on season two and on season one is an ode to that. The, mm. the capacity of a showrunner to, to put together a really tight team, both in front and behind the camera. And um, the the an, an ode to my own country, which is Spain, um, and and the capability and, and talent that there is uh, on teams over here to, mm. to make it look awesome. I mean, before we delve into worrying on and a bit of your, you know, uh, introduction into the arts, um, the past two years have been quite. Uh, difficult at times um, and I normally ask this question to all my guests because it's quite interesting to to find out how you know you kept positive and moving forwards during you know the pandemic <laughs> and and everything like that I mean how have you kept positive if you have and kept moving forwards um I I was actually like when season one came out it was during the pandemic um I was in LA and actually, we got quarantined the day after I had lunch with uh, with Simon and his and his beautiful family, and 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 the next day I was supposed to 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 have a visit in, to the writers' room, and everything got cancelled. And then the show came out a few weeks after that, and we didn't really know what to think. I mean, we didn't know how well it was going to go. We, you know you work on something you can only hope we did know that we we worked very hard to make it look great um obviously season one i only came in at the end but i was very surprised to to find such a such a, a structured and talented team and i know they knew that it was gonna it was gonna be okay because it, we we'd done our jobs properly mm. we didn't we didn't expect the response the problem about the pandemic is that um, the industry kept going because everybody was in lockdown and our jobs suddenly became incredibly relevant because we had to entertain people that were at home and, and, and needed to be entertained, needed, needed things to do, not only reading, but, but, you know, I always find that fiction sometimes is, is, is like relaxing instead of ha having to read read the book they just tell it to you you know but mm. I, I'm, I'm an avid reader and i can't really i i don't st stand by that comparison but but i do love my job i love i love fiction i love movies i love shows and so i, I wasn't really sure if it was just a, a product of the pandemic that we'd done so well or or we'd actually done our jobs as 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 well as i i hope we had and for season two to come out and do so well is, is just proof that, you know, it's, it's kind of a validation, mm -hmm. um, which I'm very happy, happy about, uh, especially not so much for me, because as I said, you know, season one was just me at the end, but season two, the, there's a lot of me in there. So season one, it was validation for the, for Alba, who is one of those actresses I've, I've encountered some of those actresses or actors on in my 25 years of career who I've just said these are, these are stars mm. um it doesn't happen every day and and it's so great that we've had her to captain the team 
uh, Simon Barry, uh, who I think is a, a Midas of, of show running of, 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 mm-hmm. of fiction, everything he touches, he just, he has, he has an ability to, to choose the right people and everybody he's, he's done that with everybody in front of the camera and behind mm-hmm. and how I survived lockdown. I, I think it was just through friends, um, and becoming proactive and making sure that nobody was left behind and making sure that we were busy every day and we'd go for walks and we'd watch shows together and we'd play risk together. Uh, you know, just made sure that no one was home alone doing nothing. Wow. Risk. I haven't heard that game in a long time. (laughs) That is, that is one of these games that I was forced to play when I, when I was younger. Um, Yeah. Well, no, I just wanted to watch Street Hawk and A-Team and, and Knight Rider on the TV. And I was forced to to play board games. And uh, to this day now, believe it or not, I just don't like board games, especially jig, jig, jigsaws. They're like my kryptonite. They really, really are. So let's explore how you got into acting. Because why acting? Why not a nine-to-five day, day, day job? What sparked that performer inside of you to take that journey um i was i was raised by women and by very strong women my my father died when i was very young and my great grandmother who was born in java she was dutch and she married an explorer and uh, the day she married this man uh, her friend said uh you're a fool he'll leave you in a month and he didn't they spent the rest of their lives together they went to China, and which was where my grandmother was born, and um, uh, those were two very strong presences in my childhood. Because when my mother married, my father died when I was very young, and my great grandmother and my grandmother would take care of us while my mother was was working. And my mother remarried a, a, a man who is to to me my 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 dad, my father, a man from New Zealand. So it makes it makes me very from kind of like all over the world. My dad was American, but um, yeah, I my grandmother always said to me, "This is the chance we get at living here now. Mm. Don't waste, it. don't waste it." And to me, we live in a world where everything is set up for us to to, to actually waste our lives like we'll spend time um doing doing nine to fivers that just help society move on and that might be very far from what we're meant to do while we're here um so i was very clear that if i was going to do anything uh it should be something i liked my my grandmother was very into history as was my great-grandmother um so she said no matter what you do, make sure you can hold your own sitting at a table with anybody from whatever social background it is. So I decided to study history and archaeology. But since a young age, I'd always been very interested in music because uh, it just moves me a lot. And mm-hmm. and so I started playing in bands and rock bands when I was uh, 15. And... And the stage kind of captivated me. At the same time, my mother used to, and you're English, you know what pantomime is. 
<laughs> I I I have been in a few pant pantomimes for Jim Davison. Um, yeah. I I played Captain Cringe in Dick Whittington. <laughs> <laughs> the Don't pirate. You know what Panto is. Mm. My mum used to my mum used to do makeup and she used to work with a Panto group from Barcelona and I used to be behind stages and I dream about being on the stage because I loved it so much. I just I just loved watching the faces of the audience of people believing the story of the children going sure oh no you know I just I just found it fascinating to be able to move people in that way to be able to tell stories um but that was kind of second it, it, it was always behind my mind music became my first stage um but as I started studying history and archaeology in university, I ended up being an archaeologist. I ended up working with the UCL in, in Egypt. Mm. Um, but it kind of, uh, I, I, I'm, it is a passion of mine, but the way that the politics behind the, wo the work, the job, it was so, I'm not going to say corrupt, but, it, but so um, capitalist, like mm. you only dig a certain era if you're from a certain university because they pay to to be in this place at this time. So mm -hmm. it, it, it became something that was too politicized and it 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 saddened me immensely. And I, I remember it was the millennium. It was it was year, the year 2000. I was in front of the pyramids listening to Jean-Michel Jarre and for some reason seeing penguins come down a slope from the pyramids. And and um, I was in a state of mind. I'm not going to say why, but you know, I mean, <laughs> the millennium. Um, that I I started to question what I was doing in life, and and what I what I really what I really found out is that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing, and I wasn't going to enjoy what I was doing because of what it required of me. So I I had one of those illuminations. I was just like, well, what else is 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 on the table for me? And I just thought of stage. So so I went to Madrid and I got myself into one of the best schools for it and got my education. And it started to come easily, um, even though I, you know, it was in a country where it, it is very hard to work because there's not that much of it. And especially mm -hmm. being a foreigner in a, in, in a country, you know, the first parts you get are kind of what you look like. Um, so it's taken me 25 years to actually play the kind of roles that that demand something something more of a performer mm. um so it's been slow but steady and eventually uh fruitful um but that that was it basically do what you want to do in life or or if you're gonna if you're gonna make a bet bet on yourself and and bet on 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 doing what what you think is right for you uh it's it's tough it's very hard because this profession you know there's only four percent of us actually live off this job and wow, within that i didn't know that yeah <coughs> and and within that four percent there's very 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 few selected that 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 become those that everybody wants that become the a-list mm. Uh, you know, the rest of us uh, are just there to to support them and, and make them look the best as possible, and <laughs> you know, tell the help tell the story. Um, yeah, so so I'm lucky to be within the four, 
percent, and I'm lucky to have been doing what I wanted to do in life. And wherever wherever my great grandma, my my grandmother are, I'm sure they're happy that 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 is the way I I went, and that is what I'm choosing because at least I am doing what I what I what I've chosen. Be it super, right or wrong, I'm yes. doing what I. Super proud. I am. I am absolutely positive. Uh, she will be. Um, I mean, when starting out, did you have a plan in place of what you wanted to achieve in the arts? Oh, uh, well, yeah, because I I always admired actors that were character actors, the performers that would that would actually surprise me every time I, I saw them on screen doing doing something different. Um, but I was told early on by by teachers or agents, they'd always be like, "No, no, no! You have to be this because you have this look, and you have to be this hero, this leading man." And I was like, "No, I, you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't click with me because what is expected from people who play those roles is 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 the empathy, is to be relatable, is to to be likable, mm. and." Um, I I always because of the schooling I had I always played it real, you know. To me, it was all about the the psyche, the psychology, what's happening behind everything, what's happening in the mind. What you know, if you, you if you're going to tell the story, be truthful, mm. and be truthful. Sometimes you 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 well, not sometimes you you always have to be real, and being real means not being perfect, mm. because none of us. Um, so I'd always be like, no, I'm a supporting. I'm a supporting actor. I, I'm a character actor, which didn't go down well with most people because you know the younger version of me was was you know no but you you got to be the hero. <laughs> and I was like no <laughs> no. So it took a while. It took a while. It took a lot of a lot of upsets. A lot of not understanding why I wasn't getting what I wanted to get. And and because I try to play those roles that they called me for in a more real way i wasn't getting those either so there was a few casting directors that were like i know what this guy wants and i know what he's doing and i don't think we should lose him because um there, there's an intelligence behind it and and there's a dramatic intelligence behind it and i think we should work with that and i think we should give him the, the opportunities and and slowly but steadily i started to get not jobs, but I did start to get auditions with uh, Coen Brothers, with Antoine Foucault, with uh, Jonathan Nolan. Um, John Papsidero was, was, even though I haven't worked on one of his projects, mm. we did it, we almost did it on a couple of occasions, but I couldn't because I was doing something else. But he really pushed me to make me understand that I wasn't wrong in in what I was in what I was looking for and 25 years later I think I've proven I've I've proven to myself that I wasn't wrong and that that um the direction I took is is the longest and the hardest but but I wasn't wrong um hmm. um I'm I'm I I I think I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, I tell I, I tell you what though, you obviously are doing something, you know, right because this character of Adriel 
in War- Warrior Nun is just stunning. It really, really is. Um, you know, character actor extraordinaire. <laughs> Literally, I was scared to interview because your character on screen is scary as hell. So intense, so focused, and uh, you're really nice in real life, which is great because <laughs> you know you never know when you interview pe- pe- people what they're going to be like compared to their characters. Um, so let's talk about Warrior Nun because what attracted you to the role of Adriel when? you know, you you had it, you know, the opportunity to go for it? Well, uh, the fact that the fact that it actually came to me because somebody f- who was on the writing room for the 100 recommended me for Warrior Nun, that was already kind of a green flag because I was like, anybody who's writing the 100, which... I know it's a CW show and I know it's a young audience, but there was something else to that show. And Jason mm-hmm. Rothenberg, great job on that show. Uh, when they started to allow him to do what he felt the show needed. And um, when I started working on that show, I had, I had so much liberty uh, to create a character. And, and not only that, I had, constant conversations with the showrunner so anybody who's writing on that show who's going on to another one and was recommending me for it i would take seriously Hmm. i must admit when when my agents called me and said yeah that they want to see you for a show called warrior nun i was like there's a show called warrior nun i was like god um but then they 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 told me how it how it had happened and i was like well i need I need to consider it. I need to take it seriously. So send me the material and, and let's check it out. And when I started reading it, I was like, well, this is actually really interesting. Um, it's not what I expected at all. Uh, obviously the fact that it was, that it was Netflix, I, you know, I, I do like Netflix cause I think they, out of all the platforms they they're kind of, they they make such wild choices like and 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 they i i've seen shows from korea i've seen shows from china i've seen shows from japan i've seen so many different shows mexico so many shows from mexico that are brilliant on netflix and i think they they really try and find something for everyone and i really admire that about the platform um so it was for netflix i was like well let's let's give it let's give it some thought and um and because Charmaine had had recommended me, I was like, right, yeah, we got to do this. Uh, at the same time, I was I, it was at a time where I was having some some personal problems, and I really needed the work. So I'm not gonna lie about that, but I'm glad it was actually Warrior Nun and 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 not something else, um, because I th- I think it the universe came together for for something special to happen. It was meant to be for sure. And, um, you know, when taking on a role like this, you know, as an actor, how do you take it from page to screen? What sort of work do you do to get into the mind of this character character and build it? I mean, is 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 there a process that you follow uh, like this character that you do with all, all your others or was it different? I, I always follow a process and a lot of that process has to do with... Um... I, I always find there's 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 
two approaches to a script there and and that that has a lot to do with the different schools of acting there are there is either i read the script and i say how do i make this become me or i read the script and i say how do i become what's on the page and i always i always choose the latter because i i feel that that's what an actor should do you know you 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 must become what is there you don't you 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 shouldn't make what is there become you um with villains it's a lot of fun i always try and go as far away from myself as possible because that's that's when i enjoy the acting i enjoy not recognizing myself in the work i do um for adriel it was it was complicated because i understood that we were moving within this world of, of a comic book so i understood that we could push the villain side of things a bit further than usual um and i was very interested in that because sometimes that makes it a lot more fun i hate when sometimes people insist on characters not being black or white but gray i get it i understand it but if they're not written properly or if you don't have the time to write to write that grayness in there it's just going to be diffused it's not going to be it's not going to be uh, clear and mm. i was like well I'd, I'd rather make him more black than gray. And the fact that he'd been locked away for so long kind of helped because I was like, well, somebody like that is probably going to be mental and, and just wants, wants to have a bit of fun. Not only that, I imagine that within the lore of the story, as he says in season two, there had been one that had come before him, but had failed in his mission. And because of the way the time moves differently in their own dimension, I reckoned, well, what if they knew each other? And that guy got chosen before he had. And there's a reason why that, got, that guy got chosen before he had was because, A, he was probably a better warrior, or, and B, maybe he was a bit more mentally stable than this guy. <laughs> so when, you know, when he goes in after that guy and everything goes wrong i mean yeah i i i think that i don't i think that what we understand as angels within the lore of warrior nun are actually these these beings they're not angelic they're not divine they're not perfect they have their flaws they're they're these uh entities that could be angels demons whatever each one of them has their character but this guy you know he has a lot of fun and that that's what attracted me about about him you know and then there was the philosophy be, behind the whole thing the philosophy made sense to me mm. like when it comes to adriel i it just reminds me and uh, although the the genre has nothing to do with it there, there is something about the hitchhiker's <clears throat> guide to the galaxy that comes to mind you know it's it's what's the greater good mm. yeah what is this to me what is it worth to me in comparison of what we might lose or, or what might happen if I fail, you know? Um, yeah, maybe a couple of billion people who are destroying their own world will die, but there's, there's quadrillions at stake galaxies. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if, you know, that that's the way Simon and, and, the, and, and the writers are going to take it, but that's, that's what I thought, you know? Mm. This is this right now in comparison 
uh, of the danger of what we might lose. This is this is disposable. Mm. I mean, I've and got a. That's why I think he takes those dramatic uh, choices. Like I do think at the beginning he tries to play game, and he's like, "Listen, I don't want to hurt anybody, mm. but I need you to confirm me as 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 being this that I'm saying." Because if you don't, I'm going to have to do it myself and it's going to be ugly, but it needs to be done. You know, it's it, it's the losses. It's the greater good. Yeah, I think I think the writing on this and the story itself is just amazing because it makes you come away thinking a lot of things. And, I mean, I was brought up Catholic, so f- for this show, it's quite interesting, to be fair. You know, you think, what if... You know, it's a bit like the pyramids and the aliens. Do you know what do you know what I mean? It's like, did they build the pyramids? I mean, I've been to Mexico, I've been to the Shikinitsa and, and, and looked around those pyramids and just in awe. And with this, you think to yourself, it could or does it? I think, and it I think humanity is is capable of the most beautiful things and at mm. the same time are capable of the most awful. Mm. Uh you know, as an archaeologist, I can't really dwell into the construction of pyramids and everything because we, we, I, I'd, I'd be talking to you for, for hours because <laughs> there's, there's a reason why the, the, the pyramid shape is, is, is the most obvious for early constructions in, in human history. But going back to Adriel, to me, it was, it was, it was all. Uh, I wanted to make it fun. Mm. I wanted to make it. I wanted to make him. Yes, I thought the text, I thought, you know, David Hayter is such a great writer, and I, I thought the writing room had, had, made, had made enough of a case for him to be understood. And for people, if they really listen to what he said, I, th- I thought they'll, they'll, they'll get why he's doing this if they really listen. But I also wanted to give that edge of, dude, what a fucking dick. Because at the end, <laughs> at the, end of the day, I was like, the worse I am, the more you're gonna, the more you're gonna love your heroes. And to me, a great villain in something where you can play black has to be about that. You know, you 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 got to make people love the good by playing a good bad. And you've got to love a villain as well, because the, the the worse you got, literally, the more I was screaming at the screen, going, "Yeah!" Because you've got to have a good villain to have the good, you know, heroes. Um, absolutely I, I'm with villains I'm always like the, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it unless I can dive like as deep as I can into mm. it and that's what that's where I find the fun because you know I, I, I do love the villains that are justified and, and, and if it's well written and there's enough time to explain why this person became as he is yeah, that's all great but you know, it's like when you watch Silence of the Lambs. There's no backstory to Hannibal Lecter. None at mm. all. But he's terrifying. Mm. He's believable. And that is enough. You know, uh, you, you, don't em- you don't have empathy with him. You, you have it with her, but there's such an intelligence behind what he's saying. And you start to understand, well, that's the way he is. Mm. And, and you accept it. And it's terrifying. But that's what that's what I love about about villains, because as an actor, it is your job to understand why they're like that, even though the story doesn't doesn't say why why he is how he is. 
but he has to be believable. The only way to make him believable is for the actor himself to understand why the character is as he is. And mm-hmm. and, and if 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 whether I'm right or wrong when it comes to the writing, I'm, I'm not sure. But at least my truth, when I when I when I perform, um, hopefully. The character is believable because because I did my homework as mm. as a performer, and and I always choose to play it as black as I can within the realm of of being believable. I mean, I've got a fan question here from Katie Lester. Um, she wanted to ask: uh, Did you base your character on anyone? I mean, did you model the character on anyone? You know, in our world, um, any you know villainous characters uh was it inspired uh because she she's really puzzled because you're very intense she says in the show and she likes it <laughs> well i felt that he had to be you know it was it was a huge problem to me like the way he would speak because it couldn't be it couldn't be modern it couldn't be a nowadays uh mm. guy you can't come out of a tomb after a thousand years. Be oh hello everyone. You know, yeah, all right, mate. Give us a beer. <laughs> it couldn't be that. He had to have something otherworldly, um, which was very difficult because you you know we're surrounded by you know Alba, who's very much uh, the teen from today, um, and and then you're surrounded by people who are from a different social class but still actual. Um, so to me, I, I had to find something that was that would be relatable in a modern world, but also s- stand backish as if he could be uh, eternal. He could be from any any time, and I've always found that that's why I, I had to use a, a, a kind of very British accent. And there's always been a musicality to a certain. Uh, way of speaking that I've admired from actors that uh, from the 1950s, 60s, you know, uh, Marlon Brando, even Tony Hopkins when he started, um, Al Pacino, the, these actors that they, they, they modulate, they mm. make what they say interesting because of the way they say it. So to me, it was all about um, what does every word mean? Because there was so much, Adriel becomes a character. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, an information character. He's he's giving you a lot of info of of where he comes from and what he wants to do. And those characters can become extremely boring if you don't modulate it enough to to a help people understand and become enthralled with what he's saying. And and B, you you don't want to get them bored. Mm. Watch just talk on scene. So, I found that 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 um, that kind of delivery from actors from from that time, which are the actors that I kind of I kind of grew up with the with with the next generation of those actors that applied it to. To more like recent movies, like movies in the eighties and nineties, um, the intelligent characters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um, it's the 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 Fines brothers. It's Anthony Hopkins. It's it's uh, God, 
uh, I'm gonna hate myself for this this moment because I can't remember his 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 name. Um, who played Snape Snape on Harry Potter? Alan Rickman. Who, Al, Alan 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 Rickman. Mm. Uh, you know these these creators of characters, and every character has a a way of speaking, and the only way you can do that and do it believably is if you chew every word, listen to every word, masticate every word, and deliver every word with meaning. Mm. That's the only way that those characters become interesting. And I, com I completely agree. I mean, those those actors could literally read out a shopping list and you could literally be mesmerised by that. Can you, can you, can you, can I you dare you, I dare you to make Adriel read a shopping list. <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> that should be one of the bloopers, the out, the it outtakes. Should, it should, like just having there, kind of going like um, toilet paper, smooth, best quality, cleaning products, new broom, mop, <laughs> cook of the chocolate chip variety. <laughs> <laughs> You know now this is going to get cut and li literally it's going to be shared and it's going to be like <laughs> Adriel doing his shopping, which is it's awesome. But obviously the show looks like it was so much fun to work on. And I've got a lovely uh, picture here of you and Lorena. Uh, there you go. Uh, relaxing. Obviously this is uh, behind the scenes. This isn't a scene no, from no, it. No, no, no. That was that was a scene that was cut out. Was it? Oh, darn it! <laughs> um, what 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 was it like to work with Lorena? Because uh, you share so many great great scenes, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone and and go into detail in like sort of what happens because people need to watch Warrior Nun. If you watched it, you need to watch it again because it's one of those shows that literally you notice things a second, third time, fourth time round. Um, but what was it like working with her? Because she's such an aw an awesome actor. She really is. She's she's Lorena has a great presence, and uh, I was very I was I was very thankful for that, for that because the scenes I I had with her I I felt so bad because it was it was mostly me just talking, and uh, I've always thought that a good actor is is an actor who knows how to listen. Mm. Um. I remember many years ago doing doing a, a Eric McCormick uh, episode of uh, uh, God I can't remember the name it was something, something I did in the US and and when 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 I went to I, I I went to the production offices one day and and the editor was there and he said oh you're you're the guy that played this character and I was like yeah he said dude I could I could cut any scene of yours. Um, to I could just cut to to you listening. You were always present, and L Lorena has that. She's always present, and and she she has such great presence too. Um, she's she's a pleasure to work with. Uh, she she has the she has the added factor that she does overthink things a lot, and a lot of good comes out of that many times. But, you know, we've been very lucky with all the actresses we've had on this show because despite them being being young, upcoming actresses, they're they're all extremely talented. Mm. And I'm 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 just grateful that, that 
that I had that kind of presence next to me when I had the scenes that that were mostly me just blah 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 blah. Get out <laughs> of it! Could, Your scenes are uh, awesome. That we could cut such a, a beautiful face and presence just listening to me, <laughs> talking away. But you, but you talk about the tonality of your voice. Um, there are scenes when you're explaining your past and what's happened uh, to your character, and tr true what you're saying in the way of the tonality and and how you say say things because that was very hypnotic. You know, listening to the story of Adriel and you, what what had happened to 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 you, it was just absolutely awesome. That is pro probably one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> One of one of the things that I always say because I, I love the way they edited that because they have they have Mina's character uh, telling the story at the same time as I am, and the <laughs> the curious thing about this is that the audience is led to believe Mina, and what you have there you have on one on one hand you have a character that's that's telling telling you the story from first-hand experience the other character is telling you the story that has been passed down through how many generations like this is what i love about warrior nun because what if adriel was telling the truth and i'm not mm -hmm. saying that's that is what's going on here but what if he has been telling the truth all along it kind of turns the tables and that that's what i love about it so much because it's i've always i've always believed you know i i as you i was brought up catholic um and i i've i've never you know when i started studying history i never believed the stories in the bible i always believed them to be you know stories passed down through generations from one hand to the other and they all get it's like a you know when you do that game of somebody writes something on a piece of paper and you pass it yeah. around the table or you whisper it in somebody's ear and what reaches the end of that is completely different to how it began and you know i i myself believe someone like jesus christ existed uh whether or not i i, I really don't think it's it's who's in the bible you know that mm. that you know politics um politics switch things around in a way that benefits power and this is what I love about a Adriel and the way he's written. He he he's very direct and very honest in in the way he speaks about things that that he know could get him into immense trouble. But I believe there's a lot of truth there, and there's phrases that come out of his mouth that are, that could come out of my own as a historian and archaeologist and, and a student of prehistory. You know the way that that power manipulates history for its own for its own success um but i love that scene i love the way it's done i love the way that you're 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 hearing the story from the good guys uh um through a book and you're hearing the story from the bad guy mm. um and he's he's like first hand you know yeah and and but but fiction the way it's done makes you believe the good but interestingly enough warrior nun's not written that way you know anything can happen anything can happen and obviously one of my also favorite scenes is near the end and i've got to say the visual effects on this show is just jaw-dropping 
it really is and we see some awesome scenes with you um you know what's it like to actually film certain scenes where you know that there's going to be some visual effects to then watching it back in its full glory well filming it is awful because <laughs> I've, I've been in i've been in that situation on so many occasions and you suddenly either got nothing like you're fighting the air or you're standing there getting ripped apart by nothing um or you've got men in green suits <laughs> which i i love comedy and i can't help it you know sometimes things like that happen on set and i i just crack up i can't help it i'm like seriously are we gonna do this is this guy gonna be holding me and <laughs> it's but luckily enough as you said um we had we had embassy vfx on this show now for those of you who don't know who the embassy vfx are they're the ones that made the mac one iron man suit they did chappy they did lost in space they they've done they've done so much work that is that to me is some of the best work that's ever been done on vfx because Winston Helgeson, the president of the company, is dear, dear friend of mine. I met him on season one of Warrior Nine, and we've we've become very close. And his mind is like, it's not like let's make the spaceship look cool, or this suit look cool, or the way this guy's face falls apart look cool. It's about how does it really like how does it work? How do we how do we make it real? And I think that's what makes the uh, embassy different from everybody else they they have a need to make it look functional like you believe it because they study it's like if da vinci leonardo da vinci nowadays were working on a vfx program it's like okay they just blew this guy's head apart how would it reconstruct you know so he's 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 thinking about the bone the muscle mm. uh, the tendon and the skin it's not how cool it's going to look it's how real we can make it look and that's why the vfx is so kick-ass like I, you know obviously we could always have like a greater budget for something um on all departments but everybody who's been chosen for warrior nun are people that do and i'm not exaggerating here they they make miracles with what they have Mm. and and i'm including the fan base on this like with with so little promotion the fan base is is another member of the warrior nun team because the job they're doing is making this so much more spectacular like this this show has that everybody mm. involved on all departments <laughs> has become fundamental to make the show what it is and what's been your fondest memory of working on the show over season one and two? The people I met, um, sometimes when you, when you do a show, you sometimes, if you're lucky, you'll take away one or two people that will become friends for life. On this show, I, I've, I've had the, the luck and honor to take away at least three or four which is which is rare and um and not only that you'll do a show sometimes where you, you just get on set and you know what's going on and you're like okay this is this mm. and get on with it and then you know 
it can look better or worse, but but it's not it's not the magic that you might be looking for when it comes when it comes to to doing something that you feel is special. And when I met the team, my my the first people I met when I did Warrior Nun were Simon Barry, um, Winston Helgeson, Chris Levasseur, um, Neil Impey, and Alba Baptista. And those people are people that I know that in the future, even if I'm not part of whatever they do, I know that whatever they do is going to be amazing. So I've had the luck to say that I've, I've worked with, with future uh, galaxies mm. of, of creation. That's awesome. Uh, you, you know what? It's just, just nice to see just a, a like a massive family uh, on that set, on and off the set. It just seems really nice. And yeah, you're right. The fans have got behind it 110%. And the, the fan base is just crazy. And it's just awesome to see the amount of love for a show that's just brilliant. I mean, your outfits on this show, uh, we've just got a, a few more questions left. Your outfits on, on this show is just immense. It really is. I don't know if I've got another picture. So, so the, the outfits, yeah. I mean, the outfits were made by Cristina Sopeña. Um, she's she's an extremely talented uh, um, costume artist. And uh, whilst on season one, she wasn't able to do much. And season two, like, even though, like, how do you dress nuns, you know? she was like, well, there's only so far I can go with that. And, and, and the Pope and the priests and the, and the, but the character that she was like, I want to, I want to be, I want to, I want to go crazy. I want to be different. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do, uh, um, a Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. And I was delighted with it because I, I, I'd known her from before. Like she's an award-winning costume designer in Spain. And to me, it was like, just do whatever you want. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, like just have fun. And she was like, you're going to be my, you're going to be, you're going to be my, my Ken doll for this. Like, like I'm going to, I'm going to use all the, all the, the fancy dresses on you. And I was like, I'm fine. You know, I, I, I love it because I also think the character, um has that that edge to him where he he enjoys the the materials mm. uh, my only my only fight with her was like i would have done the suit just because just because i would have done the suit because <laughs> I, I i i think it would have been hilarious you know um but she was probably right you know messiah classic works best i guess and did you keep anything from the show as like a memento I, I so wanted to. I mean, can you imagine that? Going like, down the shops, you know, as no, or just walking around your house, you know, wearing one of those gowns, like, <laughs> like, uh, hey, honey, you know, let's have breakfast. I, I made breakfast in bed, and just it would be terrifying. But uh, some of it, some of it was was definitely I I couldn't keep any of it. Like like all all of this stuff. She still has it, obviously, for season three, you know. <laughs> well, are we getting a season three? 
I, I, dude, I hope so. I, I don't know what to say because obviously it's not, it's not up to any of us, but listen to Forbes, listen to NME, yeah. you know, listen to the, listen to the fans, listen to the crowds. And not only that, um, trust the choices you make as Netflix, you were right. You were right. You made a choice and it was a risky one and and it paid off extremely well. Don't give up on it and and you know, make it something big. It's yours. It's it's a child that that has been fending for itself, has been fighting for itself and and has made a splash and has made a lot of noise with no help. Uh I'm I can't say no help. Like the, it's it's their baby. It's their show. And they, they're doing what they think is, is they're supposed to be doing. But I don't think they're going to give up on it. You no. know, it's, it, I think it's, it's come, it's come to a point where, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's got a life of its own and, and they should be very proud of, of, of having done this show and, and of having done it and allowed it to be the show it is, you know, mm. We're all proud of what we've done, and we're very satisfied of, of, of having made so many people happy. If it, if if this is where it has to end, well, you know, I'll be very happy to have been part of something that 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 I think is is, is special in my career. And and if it continues, I'll I'll also be very happy to have, have been part of something that that I think is is a great success for a platform that took a risk. But you never know. You could be back in season three. Anything can happen. It's warrior none. Remember, remember, anything could happen. And I'm not spoiling it for anyone. But um, I would love to see you back um, on season three because season one literally left us on such a cliffhanger. And your ending in season one it was just epic. It was just awesome. And we had to wait two years to get season two. So fingers crossed. I mean, Simon Barry did release something to say that it goes on streaming times as well. So how many times it's streamed within the first thirty days? I I don't I don't I don't I don't know how any of that works. I I don't because because if it goes on streaming time, like we only have eight episodes compared to the ten yeah. or the I don't know fifteen that others do. Like it, it's not. A, I don't I don't think. Uh, you know, I I pray, I pray to be right when I say that I don't think it's an algorithm that's in charge of Netflix. I think there's, I think there's there's people that that are in high places and high jobs that are there for a reason because they're good at what they do, mm. and they they're the ones that make that that make those ultimate decisions. And and I think this is a this is a decision they had to ponder on. Um, I think the result has been way more than expected, not only in season one, but on season two again. And um, it's a lot to take into consideration, but they're never going to tell you that you're going to get a, renew a renewal the next day. Uh, no. You know, there's so many different factors, but... You know, I, I think the the fans have, have, have been doing an incredible job to fight for their show, to fight for the things they like. And at the end of the day, the only reason we do shows is for them, is, mm -hmm. is to entertain people. Yeah. And I think that this is this is doing the right job. Um, 
you're doing everything right. Anybody who's listening to this right now, you're doing everything right. You're doing everything you should. You know, it, whatever happens with the show isn't up to you anymore. Isn't up to me or, or, or anybody involved in the project. It's just up to whatever plans or whatever whatever the economy is is asking of something right now. Mm. You know, and that escapes. Uh, domain of possibilities of what, how, how we can influence well i'm confident that we're going to get a season three because literally if netflix knows what's good for them you know if something's working um you know carry on with it because the fans want it uh it's great writing there's a lot more stories to be told uh within the show um and i'm just looking forward to season three but william thank you so much for Give me your time to chat about your awesome character and thank you for being part of such an awesome show. It's been such a pleasure. No, thank you because I, I you know, when when we weren't getting when we weren't getting the opportunity to be to be able to to, to talk one on one like this, to to get the fans to, to deliver the fans something special like like a one on one with the actors that they're seeing on the show. Um the, the, these programs like like yours allow us to do that and and there's several uh, several of us on the show that said listen we 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 owe this following a, a bit of interaction we really do um as i said because they're doing such an such an extraordinary uh push for us mm. that it's all fair I, I don't usually do these things but you know i i when when they're for people when when they're for this following it's it's not a problem it's not a hassle it's it's an honor well so hopefully i did okay oh absolutely i don't know <laughs> you know you kids were getting in the way constantly I, do you know what i can't hear them screaming all over the place i literally <laughs> cannot hear my kids so obviously the chloroform has worked um and uh good I'm, exactly you know it's fantastic we've got it in a spray bottle um so well, we do, normally i do see that you have you have like in your background you have is that is that padding on the walls so you've got no it's you got a sound soundproof no this is green back? screen it's green, oh, it's screen. green screen i just have these all these alcohol bottles are real but i don't want to be considered like i haven't used any of them it's just the background that i found <laughs> that is that is fine thank you so much you keep safe and stay super my friend brian thank you very much for a super interview um and yeah uh hope to see you in the future thank you for listening to be more super the podcast this podcast has been brought to you by propstore.com if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super the Podcast and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and stay super.